Today is Wednesday, October the 12th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, we first start with some content updates and give you guys sort of a peek behind the scenes of what we have going on this week as we approach the bye weekend for South Carolina football. Also, of course, guys, as always, it is Wednesday. We're talking gambling, SEC gambling picks, week seven for a packed slate of games. Also, we got a fantastic conversation with my good buddy Chris Marler of College Football Uncensored and Saturday Down South. We talk everything, including the Gamecocks' big win over Kentucky. Kentucky, the outlook for the rest of the 2022 football season, SEC football as a whole, and much, much more. Guys, we have got a packed show for you here on this hump day. And of course, as always, it's brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app, go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS at sign up to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works. You pick two to five players. You can win 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entries. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes, parlay with the over on Spencer Rattler. You can play any and every sport, including all of your college sports, NHL, NBA, MLB, NFL, you name it, they got it. They've also got a slick, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store Google Play and guys, they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. Guys, so many listeners and fans of the Spurs Up Show are breaking the bookie with our friends over at Prize Picks, and you should too. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com and use that promo code TSUS at sign up to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and 
gents, boys and girls, happy Wednesday, happy hump day. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show as always. And I appreciate you guys tuning in and I hope this show does find you well. No matter where you are, what you are doing, a lot to get into here on this Wednesday. And again, thank you all so much for yet another successful week. And you guys continuing to be engaging, to be supporting, and showing love each and every single day. I say we've got a packed show, and we do, but a little bit more of a condensed show, at least in the first half. Obviously, we got a great conversation. That's what a lot of this podcast will be. Chris Marler of the College Football Uncensored podcast, as well as Saturday Down South. You guys, I'm sure, are all familiar with Marler, and we've had plenty of conversations with him. Blessed to call him a friend of mine. But, of course, with no bye week, no Shane Beamer Tuesday press conference, and also no best bet, because there is no Gamecocks football game this weekend. So I first, guys, wanted to start with just some quick updates to content. You guys already know the schedule for this week. Obviously, no podcast on Friday because we do not have a game. However, we will be gearing up for a really, really big show on Monday. That'll be our halfway point, our midseason report card, if you will, where I'll talk offense, defense, special teams, coaching, and then give an overall grade as well for the first half of the 2022 football season. So a really exciting podcast upcoming on Monday, but no podcast on Friday. The Daily Crow, of course, rolling on as normal. And that's really what I want, where I want to start in regards to our content and the way that we're distributing things. Um, not a major change. I think it's actually a positive, a real positive change for all parties involved because um, as you guys know, we signed on with Blue Wire, a podcast hosting platform early on this spring. I think it was back in like February or so. Um, either way, though, the big deal of that is because it helps us or they are helping us monetize the podcast on a national scale to truly monetize the podcast, if you will, which was something before February that we were not doing. So it's a really awesome thing. Great for business. Great for our growth. Well, I realized, obviously, a lot of you tune in the Daily Crow noon to two, but a lot of you don't. A lot of you can't catch it, and you want to go back and listen. And, of course, you're on the go. You're doing different things. The last thing you want to have to do is go back to YouTube or pull up the video form because that was the only way to go back and watch or really listen to the replay, right? So I thought, why not create our own unique podcast feed for the Daily Crow and give you guys the chance to listen to it. However, I quickly realized, as we've been distributing that on a daily basis, it drops every single day at 3 o'clock, that, you know, believe it or not, it's actually really tough to get people to go to another podcast feed and subscribe to another podcast feed. And so I got to thinking here over the last couple of days, why not just streamline the process? Just to give you guys an idea you know, one of my biggest challenges is that, you know, you don't want to be complacent. You know, I'm someone that I believe in continuing to keep it moving. It's one of my favorite slogans, right? A body in motion stays in motion. A body at rest stays at rest. So the moral of the story is whatever you do, keep it moving. Um, but also, you know, efficiency. Efficiency is one of my top things I value right now in my life, especially as a young, growing entrepreneur. And so I thought to myself, why do we have this second separate podcast feed for the Daily Crow when everyone that tunes into the podcast on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, everybody that tunes in is probably already listening to the Daily Crow. Anyways, if you're listening to the podcast Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're listening every single day that the, the show drops. You know, you, you you are a huge fan of the content and you only want to hear more of the content. So I say all that to say now, guys, you are going to start seeing, starting yesterday, actually, the Daily Crow, though, will be distributed on this 
podcast feed. What's great about it, though, is it will be separate in the sense of it will have its own, you know, the Daily Crow logo will show up instead of the TSUS logo, instead of that podcast logo. But you will now see the Daily Crow on your Spurs Up show podcast feed. So if you see that, it's not by mistake. Uh, I just felt like it was the best move, the best interest for everyone to condense the two feeds, if you will, and make it to where the Daily Crow is now going to be distributed through this feed as well. So again, if you see that, it's not by mistake uh, and just felt like that was the best move for efficiency, the best move for business as well, because this is where all of our subscribers lie is on this RSS feed, on this podcast feed, if you will. And so again, I think it's something that's going to drive more value, even more value for you guys who are already all uh, subscribed. And again, I thought it was something to make it easy, make it easy, make it simple for you all. You're already subscribed to this feed. Why not? Because it's so interesting is the way you know, not to get too deep in the weeds, but as the Daily Crow has grown, you know, really starting from kind of an inconsistent go live whenever we can to having a set schedule, right? Monday through Friday, 12 to 1 to expanding to a two-hour show, then expanding to the point where we have guests on um, every now and then to now to the point where we have guests on each and every single day. Um, it's kind of funny that there's some people that tune in, believe it or not, that do not even realize that we have a podcast, like a separate podcast. Like they don't realize this is a separate thing from the Daily Crow. They assume that the Daily Crow is the podcast. But of course, as you all know, they are two separate entities. And I like to keep it that way as well. You know, a lot of people have said, Chris, why don't you just make the Daily Crow the podcast? You're already going live for two hours. But as, as you all know, those of you who tune into TDC and tune into this they are two very different things. So I prefer keeping them separate. Uh, but again, at the end of the day, it's just more content for you guys. It's more content on this specific feed. So uh, if you've never listened to The Daily Crow and you're just now seeing your feed, I highly suggest listening because we touch on all kinds of topics, guys. And we have callers. Uh, we have people that reach out and voice their opinions and the beauties and the banter. We go back and forth. And of course, we have all these great guests, guest interviews, everybody uh, on a daily basis. So again, just adding more value to your podcast feed but again the daily crow and you'll again you'll be able to see it will say the daily crow in the title so you know exactly what it is but those drop every single day monday through friday at 3 p.m of course we do tdc 12 to 2 at 3 p.m the podcast form drops so again just wanted to let you guys know make you aware if you're seeing the daily crow on your podcast feed on your spurs up show feed i should say that is not by mistake that is the way we'll be operating uh, for the time being, at least, or for the future moving forward, if you will. Outside of that, no crazy new updates outside of, guys, I'm going to be doing a lot more stuff with the Big Cock Club. Um, obviously, you know, we used to do the 10 Roof shows every single Wednesday night. I was live at 10 Roof in Columbia 5-7, to 7, and and that was a really fun thing. And, you know, over the preseason, we got really, really busy. And into the season, of course, I you know, I stay busy. But I, I want to do more of the Big Cock Club. So the BCC Hangouts in our private Discord, we are going to be doing those at minimum once per week. We had one last night, really good time. And these will be a great opportunity to not just talk Gamecocks. I think a lot of the conversations won't be about the Gamecocks. It'll be more so about um, the business side of things, you know, exciting developments behind the scenes, my personal life even, because I really look at those – and obviously, everybody supports in their own way, right? So I don't want anybody to take this as like, well, if you're not in the big cock club, you're not you're not really invested in the growth and success of the business. 
But those who are in the big cock club, guys, I really view them as investors. I, I really view those people as people who are truly invested in the growth and the best interests of the business. And so that's why I want to be a little bit more, I don't say transparent, but just be more, uh, give you guys an idea of just what's going on behind the scenes and the exciting things and share exciting news and maybe even share some of the challenges and just some of the things that are going on and and have that open and discussion and banter. And I'm sure a lot of the conversation will be about the Gamecocks, obviously, because that's what we all love and adore and, and enjoy watching and enjoy talking about. But uh, BCC Hangouts, though, and the BCC Discord will happen on a weekly basis. If you want to join the Discord, get all the exclusive access to the Big Cock Club, you can join today on patreon.com slash Club. That's patreon.com slash Big Cock Club, or click the link in our bio on any of our social media channels, and you will see in our link tree, Big Cock Club will be right there for you. So uh, really exciting stuff. If you're in the Big Cock Club and you're hearing the sound of my voice, you already know these things are happening. But again, if you're not joined today, you'll get access to the, dis the Discord, and then you can join us uh, in the BCC Hangout. You can join us in the Discord. We have a really, really good time. Ask anybody who's a part of it. Uh, it is a blast. So again, with that being said, I believe that's all the updates in regards to content. Content continuing to bleed out of the eyeballs, and I truly do appreciate you guys, your love and support of the show. All right, it is Wednesday, guys. We are talking gambling. Let's dive into our SEC gambling picks. Yours truly went four and three last week. We now sit at 33 and 30 overall. So if there's anything I've been this season, it is consistent. I've been hovering right around that 500 mark. Uh, so we're above 500, but we're, we need a big week. We need a big week. I got a feeling. I know I say this every week, but I feel confident this week is the week. Week seven, a packed slate of games, guys. We'll start first in Oxford, Mississippi, as the Ole Miss Rebels take on the Auburn Tigers. Ole Miss, a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. I say Hammer Lane Kiffin's squad. Dude, Brian Harson is a dead man walking at Auburn. I think Auburn is dead. They're done for. Ole Miss covers the 14 and a half. Let's go to Knoxville where college game day, SEC Nation, everybody who's anybody is going to be in Knoxville this weekend as the sixth ranked Tennessee Volunteers host the third ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama is a seven and a half point favorite. What is the status of Bryce Young? I think that is the biggest question. I tell you though, guys, I don't think Tennessee wins the game, but I think Tennessee plus seven and a half I think the stars are sort of aligning, man, where I think this could be a really special day for Tennessee. Um, I, you know, listen, Alabama has looked somewhat gettable, somewhat beatable this year. But just when you think that, right, Alabama comes out and plays their best game. And 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 I know many Gamecock fans just loathe Tennessee, and I totally understand. But I, I like the volunteers at home, man. I think number one offense in the country, uh, I think they're for real. I, I think Tennessee is for real. Unfortunately, I think Tennessee, I don't want to say they're back. But um, they're a legit football team, and I think that'll be a close game. I got Bama winning, but I like Tennessee with the seven and the hook. Georgia hosting the Vanderbilt Commodores, the number one dogs, a 38-and-a-half point favorite over Vandy. Georgia's going to win and win big, but I think Vandy, I think Vandy covers 38-and-a-half. I, I really do. I think they play with some pride. I, I just – I don't know. These big spreads in Georgia, I, I don't know. I, I don't like it. I think Vandy will cover. They're not going to win, obviously, but I like Vandy to cover 38.5. Arkansas goes on the road to BYU. The Hogs are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. 
man, how, how quickly the mighty have fallen, right? Arkansas was a top 10 team at one point. All of a sudden, they lose a couple in a row. Now you got Hogs fans calling for Sam Pittman's job. I mean, it's crazy. Give me Arkansas to cover the one and a half, though. I like the Hogs on the road. They need this one badly, and I think that they will get it. Uh, Florida hosting the LSU Tigers. Florida, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I like LSU in the swamp, man. I, I've seen nothing from Florida. I feel like Florida is so Jekyll and Hyde and Anthony Richardson good for a couple turnovers, it feels like, every single game. I like LSU to cover this number, and I think LSU gets the straight-up win in that ballgame. And then finally, Mississippi State goes on the road to take on the Kentucky Wildcats. The Bulldogs are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Guys, I've been saying it forever. Kentucky's overrated. The Gamecocks, we saw what South Carolina just did to them over the weekend. I think Mississippi State is going to take Kentucky to the freaking woodshed. Give me Mike Leach and the boys minus six and a half. I think they easily cover that. Kentucky is not a top 25 team, and they will be knocked out of the top 25 after this weekend. So, guys, that's my SEC gambling picks for week Seven, would love to hear your thoughts. Who do you like this weekend? Who are you rolling with? What are your best plays of the weekend? And let's hope we can all break the bookie this weekend and have a really, really fun, successful weekend on the gambling side of things. Guys, that's going to do it all for me. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Uh, also, I do want to shout on the podcast, Airways, by the way, guys. I am playing this weekend in the SCYDA, which stands for the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association softball game. Uh, we are playing at Doomsday Corner in Lancaster, and obviously all proceeds go to SCYDA. So, guys, come on out to Doomsday Corner in Lancaster, South Carolina. It runs like 2-7. to seven. All proceeds will go again to the charity and will help out kids with type 1 diabetes. So, if you want to come on out, going to be a really good time. Obviously, it's the Gamecocks bye week, which I think is why they scheduled it on this weekend. Um, so, we're going to have a lot of fun. Y'all want to come on out, Lancaster Doomsday Corner. You're more than welcome. Again, I'll be out there all day long. I'll be playing in the game. So, should be a good time getting to dust off the glove a little bit, dust off the cleats, and and see what the old wings got, see if the swing's got anything left in it. So, it should be a lot of fun. Hope to see y'all there and appreciate the fine folks at SCYDA giving us the opportunity to make a positive impact and be a part of the game. Guys, that being said, thank y'all so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. Have a great rest of your Wednesday and enjoy this conversation with Chris Marler of the College Football Uncensored Podcast and Saturday Down South. All right, guys, joining us on the show, a familiar face and someone I'm very fortunate to call a friend. He's a co-host of College Football Uncensored. He's the engagement editor for Saturday Down South a lover of corgis and a hater of the Auburn Tigers. Very pleased to be joined by Chris Marler. Chris, what's going on, man? How are you? That's, that was good. I appreciate that. I do love corgis. Um, I was wondering where you were going to go with the hater part because there's so many. I thought there's just so many things that you could have thrown in there, but that's good. No, it's good. I'm, I'm well, good. when you do I'm what you do, sell. right, everybody thinks that you hate them, right? I mean, pretty much. I mean, Alabama fans at times think you hate them. So, I mean, it's same with me, though. With, you know. uh, yeah, I think, um, no, it's it, it's funny. It's I think it's it's. We're like so knee deep in the thick of the season right now, which is the best part, right? And and it's like this is always my favorite time of year, and then my most depressing three weeks later. Because once we get to November, like this is like where all the good football is, right? Like we're like we're in it, and you know, you guys are off. You guys are coming off or of, going into the bye um, and a huge win, so like that. But it's like now you start playing all these teams that you fucking hate, right? Like like you know, I'm I grew up a Bama fan. Yeah, I fucking hate Tennessee. Yeah, so so it's like. 
it should be fun. I'm excited. It should be a lot of fun. But um, man, it's been it's been a, it's been a season so far for sure. Yeah, we're halfway through, Marler. It's crazy how quick it just it gets here and then it just flies by. Speaking, by the way, of uh, Tennessee, Alabama, right? Because you guys do have a big game upcoming this weekend. Have you seen yeah. the video of the guy with Smokey tattooed on his chest and the guy right? Yeah. You, you had to have seen that, right? Oh yeah, that's, I mean, so that, been, that's just I, I don't follow just, him. He. He, he, I don't know what his name is, but he, I've seen his videos for like two or three years. Oh, Someone needs to tell him, like, like, okay, is that tattoo like, real? That's a real tat. That so that tattoo looks like what was that movie with uh, with The Rock that was so fucking terrible, which was like where it was like they have an overgrown like wolf and an overgrown like out like crocodile and shit that was like taking over this beat. Like, that's what that thing looked like. It looked like one of the one of the animals from the second Ninja Turtles movie, if you're if you're old like me, because it was like that wasn't a dog, and the dog was on steroids yeah. for sure. The dog <laughs> had biceps, which made no fucking sense. Um, but no, I, they that guy, he's a rapper. And it kept reminding me of that scene from The Office where um, Michael was doing something, and and Oscar was like, you know, the like the the arts lover in me wants to judge it but i know that'd be a waste of time i know that'd be a waste of time or whatever he says that's what i felt like because yesterday he said some shit about like saving and dodge chargers and it was like you're bro you're on probation right now for handing out mcdonald's bags of money like what are y'all talking about <laughs> those in glass houses should not cast stones. yeah today. something like that whatever they say uh, anyway, Marla, again, I appreciate you taking the time. I, I do yeah. want to say I wanted to start with saying that I appreciate you Saturday on South, guys, because I know you guys have shared a lot of our content this season, mm -hmm. especially like the conversations that uh, we've had with Steven Garcia, because he's a guy that obviously moves the needle for for every SEC fan base. And right. even, just, even just last week with him throwing shade at Kentucky, which was absolutely hilarious. And now it's even funnier because we've been dancing on their graves all week. Yeah. But either way, let, let's talk about that game specifically a little bit. Mm -hmm. I know you took – the Cats, I believe, to cover the six. I, I had Gamecocks plus ten and a half, but did have Kentucky winning the football game. And I, I don't think either one of us are crazy for those plays no. just because we hadn't seen enough from Carolina going into that game to yeah. pick them to go on the road. And there were so many numbers and trends that the Gamecocks had to uh, had to snap, if you will, to find victory in that one. But they do. And I think South Carolina finally plays up to their potential, you know, Will Levis's absence obviously uh -huh. made a difference in the game, difference in the game. But either way, the Gamecocks are four and two, and they got a win they desperately needed. Just yeah. talk about uh, what you saw from South Carolina in that game. Was there anything that uh, surprised you or just stood out overall? Yeah, so we talked about this on Friday night, and like I, I was definitely taking Kentucky. I didn't, I didn't know the severity of the Will Levis thing. I'm not saying that as an excuse because I, you know, as somebody that watched what Kentucky Twitter uh, did the week before when I said they were going to be very good um they you know I, I enjoyed it immensely and you know we've talked several times you know i got you know my family lives in lexington south carolina like, like the actual lexington the real death valley lexington <laughs> um no but like I, my family lives there and and so like i i was pulling for carolina this whole time but i you know the will levis thing sure it hurts and there's a lot of stuff i i'm more familiar i think with kentucky this season just because we've had to talk about kentucky more this season like you know but I remember saying to you on Friday night, the struggles were very, very, like they kind of mirrored each other from Carolina and Kentucky, which was they start out really slow. Both teams, you kind of felt like had struggled at times to run the football, but Carolina really hasn't over the past three to four games. Marshawn Lloyd getting going. But the slow starts is what I kept thinking. I was like, man, like at the start of the season, these two teams had the worst offensive lines in the country or in the SEC, at least you're giving up the most sacks in the conference. 
but but like Carolina has seemed to figure out a way to coach through that and figure out like you know like figure out a way to get Spencer Rattler going a little bit for he was only 14 of 19 right right so what, what that says to me more than anything is that you were able to line up and run the football at a Kentucky team that beaten y'all eight out of nine times that is their entire identity is built off of you know we're tough we're smash mouth we're you know we're gritty we're we're fucking Mark Stoops reincarnated and what's crazy here now I didn't know I was there at media days and I did not know that Mark Stoops had said it I didn't I didn't know any of that I just, I had, I don't know how I missed it. I didn't know the sunglasses comment. I didn't know any of that shit. I just kept seeing it all over Twitter. And I was like, what the fuck are these people talking about? Why is everyone using this one phrase? <laughs> um, and so, so watching that and watching, like you said, the dancing on the grave was, I thought hilarious, but bigger picture. There's so, it's so much better to be going into the bye week when you have wins over Kentucky, who's a ranked team and not just Charlotte and Georgia state and, and right. South Carolina state, right? Like having that other, that other win under your belt, I think that's huge for Beamer. I think it's mm-hmm. huge. Now he can go continue to recruit in the, in the bye week get the team rested up a little bit, figure out some of these holes they got to fix. But the, the best part is you don't have Georgia coming up. You don't, you've already gotten by a road game at Kentucky. Now you kind of get into like the easier part of that schedule. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I thought it was so interesting, Marler, in that game. You talk about the slow starts, and you, you mentioned Kentucky's identity and being, you know, what they've been under Stoops forever, which is the ground yeah. and pounded, but just physicality, they're going to punch you in the face. I felt really good about that game after the first play, and it might be yep. kind of a no-duh statement because we literally forced a fumble and recovered it, right. but I was just in my head, I was like, the fact that Kentucky is doing this, like, gimmicky, finesse kind of play, and they're going, they're just, I know it was one play, but I was like, they're straying so far from their identity. It just it almost mm-hmm. just set the tone for the entire night. And, and Carolina yeah. dominated on both lines of scrimmages, which I think, you know, is and should be the storyline. I, I've heard so yeah. many people this week saying the what ifs about Will Levis, but he didn't play. Like the, no. he just did not play. Bam, hey, Alabama's quarterback is out. I know it's different. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, you you got to go with your best twenty-two. And you know, South Carolina hey. was able to take advantage. No, nobody gave Carolina any sympathy last year when they were going through their struggles with quarterback and no and, and, and who they were playing opposing center. fans give bama any fucking uh sympathy <laughs> with with jalen milrow being they dropped two spots right i did I, see anyway, that i'm not gonna get into all that but i mean like i just it, you know i don't i don't i don't know if a lot of teams drop two spots with a backup quarterback and it has three turnovers but the bottom line is this you brought the line of scrimmage and i think that's the most important part because the games in the sec it's so cliche and i fucking hate cliches almost as much as like you said, I hate Auburn earlier, but like I hate cliches because it's just, it's such a throwaway statement to say like, Oh, you know, games are won in the sec via the, 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 you know, in the trenches or whatever. Right. But like I said this in, in July and Kentucky fans got mad about it then, but I was like, I don't know how you replace three generational type players on that offense, two on the offensive line, one at receiver, but that offensive line had three guys go to the NFL. I, Mark Soup's done a great job, but do we think that Mark Soup's has recruited like at a high enough level right now to replace that just like that? Like, like, and especially when you're going to be going up against a defensive line that's as good as South Carolina's can be, and you know, with with some of the the athletes they have on that side of the football, I thought I think you're spot on. And I said this to you on Friday night: Chris Rodriguez has been the leading rusher in the SEC for in yards per carry two years ago, and in, in return like returning leader for for rushing yards from a year ago put up like you know 12 or 1300 yards that kid fumbles more than anyone 
Like that, like I, I've never, I don't know if I've ever seen somebody in the SEC that has had that, like has been that prone to fumbling the football and he did it again. And it's, mm. that's like the 11th or 12th game out of their last 12 or 13 where they've had at least one turnover. And that's bad. I mean, that's yeah. really bad. It's bad football. Mm. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the, uh, the sunglasses thing and the culture and climate comments. And I, I guess you, again, somehow missed that, but yeah. uh, you, you know, it's funny. I had people telling me last week, cause I brought up the quote and, you know, Mark Stoops did the, did what you'd expect after that comment in the summer when he said, you know, I wasn't talking about Beamer. I was talking about myself and what I did early in my tenure and this, that, whatever. I mean, granted, this was, he made that comment 24 hours after the video on Twitter went viral right. with like over a million views. So it's like, yeah, sure. Um, but anyways, I brought it back up last week and people are like, oh, Chris, let it go. You know, Stoop said he wasn't talking about Carolina. Beamer doesn't seem bothered. Uh, yeah, I think they <laughs> took that pretty personally. And yeah. I think, Marler, what's so interesting, you know, I, I know we, especially in the content space, you know, we want these coaches to have personality yeah. and, and say different things. And But I think it almost goes to show why they stick to coach speak so heavily because it almost right. feels like, when you don't and you say something about your opponent, it's almost like you're handing your opponent a, a loaded gun. It, it's just yeah. like, here you go. Like, like literally, because yeah. that 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 played such a role in that game. I, because I have not – and maybe it's just coincidence, right? Maybe it would have happened either way. But, dude, we have not seen South Carolina play with that type of tenacity and that chip mm. on their shoulder and just play pissed off like right. they did for four quarters. And then – you see Beamer in the locker room after the game. They've got T-shirts literally ready to go. Yeah. So, yeah, they took that shit personally. Well, well, and here's the thing too, and that's that's okay. Like that doesn't yeah. make that doesn't make Beamer less of a coach. Or Beamer looks like he's fucking twelve, and that's fine. <laughs> like that, like you know what I mean. But that's the only that's like the only knock on him. Like he has great skin. Like what do you want me to fucking say? Like he like he's he's just a like young looking dude. He's got, like. But they don't that whole thing about how like it's like somehow less than because he's doing this like hokey shit. That stuff works with recruits for one, and you've already seen it. And that's all you know, if that's who he is, who fucking cares? Like have, he won media days basically two years in a row for doing that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. good for him. But the thing with the thing with like, you know, it's so funny if like I'm assuming people said, Hey man, let it go. They, that's not what he meant. Was it Kentucky fans? It was Carolina fans too, like on our Instagram okay. that were commenting, like Chris, is, why are you? You're just trying to stir things up, and and I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, it's kind of what I do for a living, yeah, but anyways, I I, you know, yeah, they're, they're, but they're just like, you're just trying to create this and create a storyline. It's like, nah, dude, it was obviously something yeah. behind closed doors. Shane Beamer was like, yeah, we're gonna go shove it up there, like straight and up. And there's like, there's not there's not a fan base that I've experienced, and, and I'm I'm saying this from my own experience. I went on our buddy Mike Bratton's podcast a couple weeks ago. And I just offhand made the comment. I was like, Kentucky's kind of shitty. Like they're not a good first half team. They're not great. That's not taking anything away yeah. from, from South Carolina's win right. or how right. good of a quarterback Will Levis is, but they don't do little things that good, like that, that elite teams for sure don't do, but also good teams don't do. They turn over the football. And a lot of times they, they don't protect the quarterback. They like, you don't protect your quarterback and you don't protect the football in this league. You're going to get fucking beat just bottom line. And so that whole thing, when when I said that and the Kentucky fans lost it, I've they were tagging coaches, like they were tagging coaches. I'm sure you saw this. They, people think Kentucky's soft, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like so, like for that fan base to be like, oh man, like they they can they have never played without a chip on their shoulder. It, it is it's crazy. I, it's a great win for Carolina. Man. I don't care who is a fucking quarterback.
Yeah, we we Marler, we lived in their heads all week last week. I mean, we had mm-hmm. that that conversation with Garcia early on, and they literally, I got tagged in a tweet. They like our our clip was on like the Lexington Big Blue tonight news. Like they right. were talking about it on the news, and I'm like, this is insane. It was great, yeah. great week for content, great week for Beamer Ball. Uh, but just hilarious all the way around. Yeah, You know, Marler, when you look at the second half of the season, like you mentioned, now we're really getting in the nitty-gritty, especially for Carolina, where it's like your mm-hmm. kind of cupcake conference games are behind you. And you look at the upcoming stretch. I know obviously yeah, yeah, Alabama, your cupcake Alabama, for your games are behind you. Now yeah. you got Georgia out of the way. Your cupcake right, right, games yeah. are behind Well, you. yeah, yeah, for sure. Not Georgia State, but Georgia. Yeah, they're, they're behind yeah. us. Uh, but, no, you, you look at the second half, man. I know you guys just saw Alabama, just saw Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. I, I know they gave Bama a tough game, but like you mentioned, with, with Milrow at quarterback. and But A&M, very gettable, very beatable with Haynes King under center. It's a night game yeah. with Rice. Then you've got Mizzou at home. You've got Vandy. I know you've got Florida on the road, but what really is Florida? You know, what, what's interesting about the SEC, Marler, as a whole this year is it just kind of feels like, you know, Bama and Georgia in a league of their own. Tennessee, kind of knocking on Could the door. We'll, we'll see. We'll see this weekend, right? This weekend will tell us a lot. Everybody else, I'm I'm optimistic about the rest of the season because it's like these are it, it's like it's just a literally just a mixed bag. Like like yeah. South Carolina could lose their next four games. They could also win their next four games. And the good news is we play teams that are just as flawed and inconsistent as we are. And, and I'm not saying that like in a negative. I'm just you know I just think the SEC is a very competitive league. And mm-hmm. and uh, you know if you're not named and even Bama and Georgia have got things. I mean they haven't looked perfect all year. So I, I yeah. think again it's just the grind of the SEC. And you know you go through this bye week and Texas A&M is next. And I think it's a great opportunity for a Beamer. You know he he you know I've heard so many people say we just they South Carolina fans want it to look different. I think that's the yeah. big thing, right? So when you're losing to Georgia the way you are and and you're kind of looking sloppy in these cupcake games, like it's like it, it looked the biggest complaint I heard was it looked very much like the must champ teams going on the road and beating a top Mm -hmm. 15 Kentucky team. That's something different. So I think it's another opportunity to, you know, to do something that nobody's done obviously, because you never beat them is to beat Texas A&M. But it it is interesting. Like you said, now we're getting in the nitty gritty and and it's wild how the sec is shaken out that if you're not tenant or if you're not Alabama or Georgia or maybe Tennessee, the rest of the sec, it's just like anybody can beat anybody. I, I will tell you this. Here's a bold take for you, and that is that South Carolina will struggle more against Vanderbilt than they will against Texas A&M. South Carolina will beat Texas A&M. Texas A&M is not a very good football team, and I understand what I just watched this weekend in, in Tuscaloosa and all that kind of stuff, but the bottom line is this. Their their first half offense is shit, Like, and, and, and I don't think that people understand how big of a deal that is, and if you don't think that's a big deal, because I know they play four quarters, and I know they play 60 minutes, and blah, 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 because I heard that shit from Kentucky fans. If you don't think it's a big deal, go watch Tennessee play a football game. Go watch Tennessee and how they compete and what they do in the first half of games when they get they they're on script and they go down and and they make you play puckered up for the rest of the game because as soon before you know it, it's the end of the first quarter and you're down fourteen to three. That LSU was going for it on fourth down in the first quarter of that game last week. That's how that's like points are at a premium when you're playing a team like Tennessee. A and M they have a good they have a good defense. They they. They did a lot of things well at times. They forced four turnovers against Alabama, which is, you know, I don't know what that game looks like without those turnovers or without the two missed field goals or, or if Bryce Young's playing, but it doesn't matter because none of those things happen. If South Carolina takes care of the football, and, and I feel like y'all have done a much better job of that over the past several weeks, 
they're they're gettable. They're very very gettable. And and I don't like I I, I you know if you're coming off a bye week too, where it's like man you you have like you, you, this could be your focus. Like the like South Carolina has kind of looked like shit for a lot of the year. No offense, guys, but they have like like especially in the first half of games, slow starts, and it's kind of taken like you know more than it probably should to win some of these games. But all that kind of just got erased because you went on the road to beat a Kentucky team that you hadn't beaten in like, you know, eight of the last nine years and you did it on the road. So like now the optimism and like the confidence and all that kind of shit that you have in place is perfect. Like, like it's, it's, I think Carolina comes out and beats AM. You have a night game, like you said, in Williams Bryce. I think they beat AM and I think they win the next three games on their schedule. I don't know about the rest. We'll see. But like, I do love the fact that y'all get, well, y'all don't get Florida coming after the, the Georgia game, but I mean, man, like that, the, the schedule, they're going to go bowling. Cause they're not going to lose to Missouri. They're not going to lose to, to, to Vanderbilt. But again, I think that they will struggle with Vanderbilt more than they will with AM. What's wild about that, Marla. You, you, so you've said that the Carolina, you feel good about them winning their next three, which are A&M, Mizzou, Vandy, South Carolina. If they do that, will be on a six game winning streak. That is That's hard. Awesome. I mean, it's awesome. It's just it's hard to fathom. It's it, like yeah. it's, it, it's and it's crazy and it shows, you know, a, as you know, man, the 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 rigors of an SEC schedule or the grind of an SEC season. The highs are so high and the lows are so low. And how just one game, you know, this time last week, I had Carolina fans tell me we'll be lucky to go five and seven. I'm I'm yeah. looking in four and eight, and then all of a sudden now you're like, man, we could start seven and two. It's just, it's just yeah. like. It's crazy, bro. <laughs> Just one game. I didn't even think about the seven and two thing. I, yeah, yeah, that's Carolina would and be I, seven listen, in, in the I top think seven twenty-five. Is the ceiling. Yeah, in yeah. The top twenty-five. I, I think seven is the ceiling for this team, and I hate to say that because, but I, but I do think that they have a legitimate chance. And and it's you know like Haynes King played out of his mind last week. The thing you have, especially with the Jimbo Fisher team, and and I've learned this from my my podcast co-host from from Cocktail and Censor, Tyler Huck. He used to always say. Cause he's a, he's a big Florida state guy. He graduated from Florida state was a Florida state fan his whole life. And, and he's like, man, every fucking year Jimbo loses to somebody he shouldn't. Mm. And on paper, you know, A&M should go. They've never lost to y'all. Like they've dominated y'all over the past two years, especially like it's, it hasn't been close. I don't, I just don't see that out of this A&M team. And I, what I do see from A&M is a, is a real serious issue where when they don't feel like they have to show up, they don't show up. And I think that that's what that'll be part of it too on 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 Saturday. How or how hot how hot is Jimbo's seat if they lose that game? It's not. It's no? I mean they can't, dude. Like I always say this. What's his buyout? Like seven hundred million dollars? <laughs> it's not. It's like ninety three million. Our our <laughs> our buddy Connor O'Gara did a great job on this. He tweeted yeah. something out about it like a, a couple weeks ago and did a story like what it would be. But until twenty thirty one, they don't have. They, there's going to be a buyout. So like with with Jimbo, I mean. <laughs> they're three and three they were they were number six in the country to start the year for the second year in a row um and they're three and three the buyout i i again i always joke around with this the buy, money's not real in college football money's not really sec it is when it comes to something that's that big yeah that's that those are significant numbers yeah uh marla before i get you out of here i do want to get your take on spencer rattler just thoughts on his play through six games i, I mean I, I think obviously the statistics are not 
great. Uh, that yeah. second half against Kentucky was the best I think he's looked all season, and a lot of it was just, you know, playmakers making plays. And right. I, it felt like they kind of simplified things. I mean, he went eight for ten in the second half, three drives of 70-plus yards that he led scoring drives. But uh, I, I'll just ask you, has Spencer Rattler – I don't think he's probably exceeded. So I'll ask, has he met or fallen short of – your expectations or is he the guy again that, that you kind of thought that he was um it's somewhere in between those last two I think he's he's fallen short in a way like my my thing with Spencer Rattler coming into the season was I what I kept saying was I I didn't like when he was at Oklahoma they had 11 total offensive linemen that were ranked four or five stars around him at Carolina you had one coming this year I think you ended up having two total on the team as right now and that doesn't always mean everything but i think when you come from oklahoma where it's like man i got marvin mims and i got you know all these four and five star offensive like these you know offensive linemen i got you know hazelwood and who's like the number one receiver in the country coming to high school i got athletes everywhere around me like so if something falls through Carolina doesn't have that right now josh van who's the guy that we all thought was going to be the guy hasn't really done much this season like I, i'm pretty sure unless he went off last game i fucking missed it but i mean like Rattler, I love it for him because I really do think he's a good kid. And and I, I straight up call I said Spencer Rattler seems like an asshole. I said that in 2021. And he did. And I don't I'm not gonna apologize for that. Right, right. Um, but I think he, it's a kid that also got kind of lost in the shuffle. And it's, it's such a weird fucking thing where these people are like, he got beat out by a by a freshman. Well, that freshman is on the short list for the Heisman for the second year in a row. He was a five-star quarterback coming out of high school. Like, what the fuck is that argument? Like, that is like such a weak argument. And my whole point was. One thing he did better than better than anything else in Oklahoma was 70% completion percentage. He ended his career with 70% completion percentage, so at least he was accurate and consistent with the football. He has not done that as much in this conference or at you at, at South Carolina. But I think the best news at all that is that like it, he's going to be coming back. You're going to get another year with a very good quarterback that is going to be used to the league now, used to the system, and also gets to close out the year with some confidence finally. And if they, if they give this kid time to throw, then yeah, things will get better. But I, you know, right now I'm, I'm kind of underwhelmed, but his best friend on that team should be Lattimore. Are you mean Marshawn Not Lattimore? What the fuck am I talking about? You know, it's like Marshawn Lloyd. Jesus you're, Christ. You're, you're, you're thinking back at, you know, a couple of days ago, it was the, uh, the 12 year anniversary of, uh, Carolina God, fuck beat. off. <laughs> not, it was. It was, it was two days ago. Yeah, yeah. October 9th. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, Ugh. It was. Yeah, really, that's fair. Wow. No, I, I just, I, I do think that Marshawn Lattimore is, it could be his, you know, best friend of the team. And it, it, listen, Scott, like, maybe the sky's the limit. You never know. Yeah. So you think he's back, though? You, you think Rattler's back next year? Where do you think he's going to go? I mean, I think his plan, I think his plan was always to go to the league. I, I The only reason I say that, man, is because he literally, I think it was like February. He was at the combine with a couple of his buddies or whenever the combine is. He literally posted on his Instagram story, see y'all here next year. Like, uh, like oh, yeah. Gonna, like, listen, he's my, gonna... my plan. Hold on. I've, I've hit something with ESPN. My bad. My plan was to go play in major leagues and then also play Division <laughs> One baseball. Um, it doesn't then, always work out that way. No, it doesn't. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that that's going to happen for him. That's not a bad thing. Like, right. st- like you know, be a good position for Carolina. Be a, be a really good position. Yeah. For yeah. Really. Yeah, exactly. So, F- final thing, Marlon, we'll get you out of here because I think it's interesting when you talk about the SEC and, and we're, we're talking Jimbo. I'm going to say over under one and a half 
coaching changes at the end of the season? Because I, I think of the guys, who are the top guys in the hot seat? Harson at Auburn. Maybe Drinkwitz at Mizzou. Jimbo's not I don't, anywhere. Like, like what <laughs> do, do you think there's a possibility that all 14 coaches are retained? Or is Harson no, like, a dead Harson's man gone. walking? Harson, hey, I'll tell you right now that like yeah. Dude, and, and, and I'll tell they, you, and I'll tell you this. Oh, like I was thinking about this. Dude, <clears throat> Auburn is such a ridiculously tough job. And I, I you know, I'm I'm good buddies with Jake Crane, who comes on our show every week, and mm-hmm. he's an Auburn guy. Yeah, yeah. And they're just the people behind the scenes there, they just sound like the worst. And I mean, I know you will obviously agree because you're a Bama guy, but like they just no, like no, 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 no. Listen, I I'm an objective. You're always of the in media. the you're always in the Auburn after dark Twitter spaces. So like I, I they've been nicer to me than any of their fan base. <laughs> I listen. I was in. I was the proponent of going into this year that he was not on the hot seat. Like I, I said, I remember saying to Andy Staples on on Sirius XM, I was like, you know, he's not on the hot seat. He he started laughing. I was like, I I listen. Call me crazy. He goes, yeah, that's crazy, dude. He was already almost fired. He's definitely on the. I was like, all right, well, that's kind of fair. But the stuff that they did. If you know like the real story, and we have like a very, very good source on Auburn that was like right about every single thing except for him getting fired. But like the stuff, like, you know, these power brokers and these good old boys that run the program, it's just they, they were never going to give him a chance. And I've said this repeatedly. Listen, if you don't, if you want, if I want barbecue, I'm not going to fucking Brooklyn. Okay. If I want an SEC coach, I'm not going to fucking Boise. So, right. I just like you did it to yourselves and now it's become this whole thing. I, you know, I hate it for him because he was never going to get a chance. There's nothing he could have done this year where they were going to let him succeed. Did, but, did they, did they plant the story about the, the, yes. the girl like that, yes. that? That was a completely fabricated. What a terrible, like from everything just, that I was told, I will tell you, I will tell you this. Thing, bro. What a terrible maybe, thing. Maybe people will tell me I'm wrong, but this is, this is what, what I have been told from people that were close to that whole situation the 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 people that run that program obviously and i've known this part since i was little my dad would tell me that kind of shit all the time about how you know it was like you know bobby louder and jimmy ray and all these other guys so one of them walked into his office when he was bowl like getting ready for bowl prep and he's like get the fuck out i'm trying to coach and the guy got upset that he didn't make time for him so this has become this whole thing and then half of them didn't want him anyway and it was that part was like it was a nightmare too but you had guys you had you had some of these boosters showing up to the agents of of coaches that were going to be hired in last year's cycle and i mean specifically billy napier's mm-hmm. agent this is a true story where he somebody showed up had a meeting with him was like hey here's who i want you to keep here's who i want you to go after for red assistant tape. coaches red tape here yeah. all these kind of like all these things and they were like hey man we haven't been called by the university about this job like what the fuck are you talking about right mm-hmm. excuse me so that all happens but then there was somebody in that inner circle and this is all from what I gather, very true. There's somebody in that inner circle that was leaking information out. And so to find out who that person was, that's why that rumor was started in the first place, was to go in and say like, hey, we got to figure out who's saying all this stuff. So let's just go ahead and throw this head coach and his whole fucking family under the bus. Let them have, like, they're on vacation and they're having to hear about this kind of shit. That's that's everything that was told to me. That's just they're so insane shady, man that, that's just yeah. yeah that's just yeah i've actually heard i got a buddy of mine that works for georgia and he, he told me about red tape that's the thing you got to avoid and yeah like you're mentioning yeah. you got to keep this guy this it's like that's called red tape you don't go anywhere near that shit so right. yeah i guess you get what you uh you played stupid games you win stupid prizes anyways uh marler exactly. always a pleasure my man uh truly I, I enjoy every one of our conversations and uh i, I was looking back i think this is the first time we've chatted on the airwaves since February. So great to catch up with you, man. Great to talk some ball and looking forward to it. Still fucking way. Really? Yeah. Yeah. On the airwaves, at least. I mean, we've talked in between that, but 
Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I'm about to go have a coughing fit, but yeah, we'll talk again soon, man. I love you, buddy, and we'll 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 do it again soon for sure. He's Chris Marlowe. I'm Chris Wilts. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on another episode of the Spurs Up Show. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.